Welcome to This Much I Learned, supported by YouTube. Learn how to reach the customers you want by understanding what they love to watch on YouTube at yt.be slash thisismyyoutube. Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learned podcast. I'm Charlotte Rogers, Acting Features Editor at Marketing Week, and today I'm joined by Alex Weller, Marketing Director for Europe at Patagonia. Established in 1973, outdoor apparel company Patagonia is widely considered one of the world's most purposeful brands. Since 1985, the company has pledged 1% of its sales to the preservation and restoration of the natural environment, awarding well in excess of $89 million to grassroots environmental groups. A certified B Corp since 2011, Patagonia is focused on creating durable garments, produced in the most sustainable way possible, as it seeks to become carbon neutral by 2025. Far from shying away from political issues, this year Patagonia committed to become an anti-racist company and recently stitched Vote the Assholes Out into pairs of its stand-up shorts as a call to arms to remove all politicians from office who take money from fossil fuel interests and roll back environmental policy. Welcome, Alex. Hi. To start off, um, obviously there's so much that we could chat about, but I think really top of mind is the US election result. And I suppose the fact that that represents a positive shift in terms of addressing the climate crisis. President-elect Joe Biden has identified climate change as one of his four key priorities. He's committed to rejoin the Paris Accord on Climate Change and aims for the US to achieve net zero um, emissions economy-wide by 2050. As a business, how does Patagonia react to this change on the world stage? Thanks. We, like most people, have allowed ourselves a minute or two to... um, uh, to appreciate and I think feel good about the um, the direction that American political leadership will take. I think we we we, we sighed um, a sigh of relief, um, as as I think many you know many people have done. Certainly, people who are um, uh, interested in and deeply engaged in environmental protection and climate work. You know, historic numbers of uh, Americans came out and elected a leader that has committed very vocally to putting climate and the environment back on the agenda. And uh, the first woman and first woman of colour as a vice president, you know, and they've done that in a period of unprecedented, let's say, voter suppression or certainly, you know, challenging circumstances. But the other reality is that nearly 48% of Americans chose a candidate who actively undermines the environment and openly fuels kind of nativist, racist narrative. Uh, And... What that means is that while um, there is an opportunity, a window of opportunity that lies ahead, um, there is not, um, let's say, a clear and definitive mandate that we can rely upon. And certainly that creates um, a sense um, here at Patagonia that um, far from kind of feeling comfortable and resting on our laurels, now is the time to really start doing the hard work and really doubling down on the hard work of environmental protection and social justice. I think it's so interesting the point you make there about the divisions that still are in society um, and kind of how you have to sort of, as you say, kind of double down on, on your mission. And what's so interesting is that um, on your session at, during the Festival of Marketing, you talked about how the mission statement of the, of the company kind of changed overnight in, in 2018 to become we're in business to save our home planet. I mean, with a mission like that, how do you live up to that kind of statement? You know, when we first heard about that, the mission statement change, we had a different mission statement before, and um, and it was it it was in three parts. 
build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, and use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. What was very useful about that mission statement is you could kind of look at those three parts and, um, and sort of judge your work and your performance against those different parts of the mission. Um, and I think we'd got to a point in 2018, certainly where um, we really did believe we were building great product, some of the best product. We really did believe that we were doing it um, in a way that caused the least harm that we knew how. And we were constantly challenging ourselves to bring that harm down to mitigate that impact. And I think we also felt that we were living up to the part of the mission that was about using the business to inspire other businesses, to inspire citizens, to ultimately uh, mitigate um, environmental impact and the environmental crisis. And that we had achieved that and that we well, felt we were achieving it was a good thing. But I think in the eyes of the owner, what it didn't do or what the old mission statement no longer did was sort of pull us into the future and um, and challenge ourselves and, uh, and and ultimately make us feel uncomfortable. In the first instance, we all looked at that mission statement and we were quite intimidated by it. Um, it, it is, um, you know, highly aspirational in nature. The idea that an outdoor clothing company um, could suggest that it has the potential and the ability to save our home planet. But ultimately, what it does do and what it has proven to do is challenge us to use that ambition as a foundation, as a starting point for every decision that we make. And what it really quickly did was accelerate our commitments, accelerate our focus and get everybody really kind of single mindedly focused on this one core purpose. And that if we are to undertake in any work that doesn't live up to the potential of that mission, um, then, um, you know, then we're, we're, we're not doing our jobs. And so, yeah, um, do we live up to with that mission? Um, I'm not sure that we yet live up to that mission. Could we ever live up to that mission, you know, if we could be part of the movement that inspires a deep, systemic change to the way that businesses globally engage with the environmental crisis then potentially yes I mean I think the philosophy within your businesses is so deeply ingrained and so embedded in what you're trying to achieve and I think it's really interesting the way that you approach marketing as well I know that you don't engage in kind of influencer marketing fashion-led advertising advertising in fashion magazines because there's this kind of um I suppose ideal within the business that you don't want to fuel a superficial desire for products and when people buy your products you know it's about durability and, and repairing those products and, and products that last so why is it so important for you when you're marketing to kind of focus on the message and the community rather than purely selling products you know there, there is of course a transactional part of our business like any business that is that that makes things and sells the things that it makes there is um, um, uh, there, there is a transactional dimension but um, the reason that we're in business um, is not to transact with our customers um, the reason that we're in business is to use this business to for good and in order to do that you know a really critically important part of um, the opportunity is to change the way people think about consumption and to change people's relationship with stuff and to ultimately encourage people to think about buying less and when they do choose to buy things demand more of the things that they are buying and you can only have that conversation 
with your customers um, in a substantive way. You, it's it's it, it's very difficult to do that through um, um, kind of shorthand transactional kind of communications, um, and it works even better if you're doing that, you know, over time. And so the you know the idea that um, um, that this journey is a partnership with our customers, and in order for them to believe in that partnership. Um, we need to connect with them deeply through this um, uh, customer engagement and communi- community engagement style approach to our marketing um, is, is, is really important. And the point about superficial desire, um, you know, we do market um, end use benefits of product. We do believe that it's incredibly important that if you are a climber who really depends on the technical performance of that product, and you need to understand um, that um, that product will deliver on that end use benefit, that it will perform in the toughest of environments, then we, we, we need to communicate on that to those customers. But to also use that opportunity, that moment of connection with that customer to talk about how that product's been made, how we have um, used fair labor practices, how we have used um, preferred materials, recycled and organic materials to build that product um, but but not compromised on the quality of that product the durability of that product and the performance functionality of that product we'll have more from alex right after this i'm andrew scott i'm clara anfo and And this this is is my my YouTube. youtube well first of all i love youtube yeah i actually love it so do i I really prefer it to TV. I find it more of a, an escape yeah. for whatever reason. For me, I think YouTube's actually just great company as well. Absolutely. Everyone's YouTube is different. In the video series, This Is My YouTube, invites you to experience it through the eyes of someone else. To find out what the UK loves to laugh at, cry with, learn from and escape to, visit yt.be slash this is my YouTube. So have you ever been so inspired by somebody on YouTube that you thought I'm going to buy something based on something that you've... Yeah, you and your priest outfit. Hey! <laughs> now back to our chat with Alex. One of the things that was also coming out of your session at the Festival of Marketing in October was there were so many people interested in what does it take to work at Patagonia you know at that time you talked about how you know and and I suppose this is also the way you think about customer engagement it's not about exclusivity you're not you're not a club for for just people who all think the same way you want diversity of thought Um, and you were talking about how you, you recruit people for technical expertise and people who you know add something to the culture as a leader within the business when you're thinking about kind of hiring marketers or bringing people into your team do you want people who have that real passion for sustainability and an affinity with the climate crisis you know is that necessary for them to kind of have that passion and because it is so embedded in the business I mean I think increasingly yes Um, and the first filter that we would make when recruiting and and we get you know we we haven't we're incredibly lucky that we have really large numbers of people apply for open roles and that does give you the opportunity to look at you know a bunch of different dimensions within that individual and you very quickly can get to a view on technical expertise but you would still be you know you're still left with large numbers of people if you're just filtering for technical expertise and the question of culture ad is somewhat nuanced because outdoor culture and the pursuit 
of your own sort of personal goals in wild places is something that is an important truth of the Patagonia story and of the Patagonia history. And it is an important dimension of our culture. And therefore, we do have many people who live the outdoors and breathe the outdoors. And that is an important dimension. At the same time, there are many people who are deeply committed to other aspects of our mission and our purpose in relation to environmental activism and social justice um, who don't necessarily have an experience of the outdoors or even a particularly deep passion for the outdoors, but add to that other dimension. And when you bring these things together, it does create the special source of Patagonia culture. All of that said, we do absolutely welcome people into the business who maybe, you know, in a really, you know, early part of that environmental journey. And one of the things that's important to recognize here is I think we are all now on that journey. This isn't really a question of whether or not you believe in the climate crisis, whether you or not you believe it is important to address the climate crisis. I think we all believe that. The difference is whether you are invested and whether you want to invest your personal time and your professional time and your professional expertise in solutions. And if that's the case, then yes, absolutely. There is an advantage if you can express that in coming here and working here. But some people also discover how to turn that latent passion into practice through working at Patagonia. And that's that's equally valid. My last question would kind of be, and I know, and I know that this is, is kind of hard to say because, you know, the purpose and, and the mission within your business is, you know, you live and breathe it day in, day out. And there may be people listening to this thinking, we don't have that same kind of tangible purpose. We don't, we don't really know what our mission is. We, we don't know if we're kind of moving the dial on, on, on things. What advice would you give, you know, to brands that are kind of listening to this, thinking about maybe how to kind of get hold of a purpose and also how to make the wider business um, in, engage with it? The first thing that I would say, and I do get asked this question um, occasionally, and, and I think the first thing to, to point out is that the work at Patagonia of living up to the mission and defining and redefining our purpose is a constant evolution. And, you know, the fact that this mission statement is incredibly aspirational, it's designed to pull us into the future and it challenges us to constantly sort of peel back the layers of improvement and see how, how much more we can do. And so it's not as if like we're doing great and we're doing better than everybody else. And therefore, we've got it sussed. Every day is a challenge. And oftentimes that challenge is a brand new challenge that we've not faced before. That could be in relation to product. It could be in relation to activism. It could be in relation to, to social justice. In that sense, I would say we're a business like any other. And what Patagonia is and how we work as a business, certainly if you're an apparel business, you would absolutely recognize it. If you came and sat and worked within the company, a lot of the processes and ways that we work are, you know, are going to be very consistent with other businesses. And if we can um, apply our business to purpose, and for us that purpose is predominantly with relation to the environmental crisis, then I think any business can. The question is, does that company leadership want to do it? And when and how do they want to do it? Because the change will come. The change will be defined by your customers. It will be defined by legislation or it will be defined by you. And I think the quicker 
that um, businesses define their own internal purpose in relation to you know broader societal themes and environmental themes, the better. The question of how is a really interesting one, and, and should that come top down from leadership? Um, should it also come bottom up from employees? And I think you know, and and I can only talk from experience here that a lot of the very best innovation and ideas within Patagonia are bottom-up ideas. They come from employees, they come from deep within the business, and they find their way up into the mission. And they are not top-down, sort of directive-style decision-making. And I think that could be, you know, inspiration for anybody working in any organisation, that if there is change that you wish to see, then, you know, try to bring that change within your organisation. That is great advice. Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for your time on the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learned podcast and check out the next episode coming soon on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. That just leaves me to thank Alex and you for listening. Thanks. You've been listening to This Much I Learned, supported by YouTube. Learn how to reach the customers you want by understanding what they love to watch on YouTube at yt.be slash thisismyyoutube.com.